good evening. As you all know, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, has proclaimed the coming liturgical year, the year of mercy. I would like for us to reflect this evening and what this means for us as a church and as individuals. I have been entitled my reflections uh, this evening, An Encounter with the Mercy of God. And I would like for us to reflect in our lives, where and when do we encounter the mercy of God? The book of Genesis tells us that when God started creation, he first made heaven and earth and then everything else. And the last thing that he created was man, mankind. Was this an afterthought on the part of God? No. As we say in uh, everyday language, he saved the last for best, or he saved the best for last. He created man and he put him in dominion over everything else that he had created. Allowed him to enjoy everything else except that one tree that he told them not to get close to, much less to eat of the fruit of that tree. So you see, God created us in love. He didn't have to create us. He was and is self-sufficient. He didn't need mankind to fulfill his happiness or state of bliss. The way I look at it is like a very rich man who has everything and then decided to throw a party and invite his friends. He did not invite his friends because he was lacking or needing everything. He just wanted them to share in the abundance of his possessions. That's the way I look at God and his relationship to us and his creation. But then we messed it up. We could not resist that fruit. But when we disobeyed him, what did he do? His mercy kicked in. Love and mercy are twin passengers in the same vehicle. The nature of God is such that even though he is full of mercy, he is also just. So when we offend him, we should be ready to suffer some chastisement, just like a father or mother chastises the children out of love. 
So when I say, where and how do we encounter the mercy of God? We are diffused with the mercy of God. It's everywhere we look at. It surrounds us. It's, the reason we are not constantly conscious of God's mercy is like the same way the fish in the water uh, does not really every moment think about the water he's swimming in. When you wake up tomorrow morning, the sun comes up and you observe and experience the beauty of the cosmos. In the evening you look up, you see the stars, the moon, all arranged in beauty to feast our eyes and our minds. Even the breath we take, we take it for granted. The only time maybe we are conscious of that as mercy of God is probably when we have pneumonia or something like that and find it difficult to breathe. But also, mercy is displayed not only from what we get, but also from what we give. The acts of kindness to others. A long time ago, I believe it was in high school or maybe first year of college, I read uh, Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice and somewhere there, it talks about mercy. Talked about mercy like a gentle rain from heaven. Talks about mercy blessing the person that gives it and the person that receives it. So when we perform act of kindness and mercy, we are blessed and we experience the mercy of God also. Mercy is not something that is human or man-like. It's a virtue that comes from God. We also encounter mercy of God in the church. The church is a font of God's mercy and God authorizes the church to dispense mercy to the faithful in various ways in the teaching of the church in the life of the church in the mission that the church is commissioned to carry out and the church does this through various means through the treasury of her sacraments, the liturgy, the prayers, indulgences, as well as in the corporal and spiritual works of mercy that all of us are commanded to practice. We also encounter God's mercy 
In the forgiveness we extend to, to those who have wronged us or offended us in any way. In this regard, I'm reminded of the question that St. Peter asked our Lord. If my brother sins against me, how many times or how often should I forgive him? St. Peter asked. And then he proceeded to give a number seven times. And Jesus said, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. What does that mean? How do you interpret that? Who goes around with a diary? Now, 70 times seven, if my math is correct, is 490 times. Who goes around or check off first time, second time, third time? What that means is forgive infinitely. Forgive without limit. But what does it mean to forgive? Sometimes we hear people say, forgive and forget. There's nowhere in the Bible, at least none that I have found out, where it says forgive and forget. The lower animal may forget. So forgiveness is not predicated on forgetting. Nor does forgiveness and show of mercy mean that we are justifying what is wrong to be right. As a matter of fact, and a part of act of mercy and forgiveness is to work, to endeavor, to make sure that the person who has wronged you is given the opportunity not to do it again, opportunity to correct himself or herself. It is to condone wrongdoing in the mistaken concept of mercy is in fact the opposite of what mercy is. What happens to us when we refuse, when we refuse, and I underline the word refuse, to show mercy to those who have offended us? When we do that, we are condemning ourselves. Let's look at a few examples. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, the Lord used that parable to show us and to tell us, to teach us to whom we should show mercy and love. Not just the person sitting next to you, not just a family member or a friend, but anybody who is created by God that needs mercy requires our mercy and our forgiveness and our love. A parable of the unforgi unforgiving servant that we read about in Matthew. We were told that this servant owed 10,000 talents to his master. He couldn't pay but he knelt before his master and asked for forgiveness. 
He gave it to him. What happened? Then he went out and saw another fellow servant who owed him only a hundred pence. hundred pennies. And that servant knelt down and begged him just like he himself had begged his master, but he wouldn't forgive him. We know how that story ended when the master heard what happened. Now he revoked the mercy he had shown to this servant and now insisted that he must pay. So where does that place us with God? When we refuse to show mercy to a neighbor, even to a, an enemy, not so, no, so, not so neighborly a friend, a man, a neighbor. What does that do to us? We are calling on God then to revoke the mercy that he has shown to us. In the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught to his disciples and to us, we make seven petitions. Out of the seven petitions, only one carries a condition. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we were, when we don't do that, we are asking God to revoke whatever mercy he has shown us. So then we are asking ourselves, since mercy is a virtue, is a virtue that we cannot do on our own, a virtue that flows from the grace of God, how do we enrich our virtue of mercy? There are different ways of doing that. Some of them I have already touched on. Attending to the sacraments regularly particularly the sacrament of penance, where God shows us forgiveness our sins out of his mercy. Through prayers, different type of prayers that we have in the treasury of the church's prayers, devotional liturgies that we get into. Many of you who are here today will be having adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, which is a special sacrament of mercy, as well as sacrament of thanksgiving. Our Lord Jesus wants us to come and enrich our virtue of mercy by being with him. In the garden, when he was about to suffer, he posed that question to his apostles. Will you be with me for one hour? He's giving the same invitation to you and to me. Please be with me for one hour. It's a show of love. 
is also one way that we enrich our virtue of mercy. And I conclude by asking you to think about when you were young and in love and you ran into that one man or one woman that you thought was meant or created for you. How often did you want to be in his or her presence? I remember when I was that young, long ago and far away, the night phone calls that didn't end until after midnight. Talking about what? Really not much. Just to hear the voice on the other side. To be with him or her, to go to lunch. And when you were away from him or her for a while, your heart pines away. Same thing here. He's in love with us. He wants to be with us. He wants to talk to us. And in fact, he's talking to us. But because of our sinful human nature, we can hear him. But he can hear us. Just being with him, you don't have to say anything. When I'm with loved family members and friends, we really don't have to discuss anything. Just being there is one way to show our love, the love of Christ. He who came down and took flesh, suffered, died, not just ordinary death, but the most heinous, the most terrible, most horrible death that man's mind can de devise. He knew that's what he was coming for, but out of love and mercy he came. So this evening, the Lord of mercy and compassion asks you and me, Will you be with me for one hour?